At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Slate Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Where does it end? Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Still to come, Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke. We'll talk football with him in the African Cup of Nations. Africa Cup of Nations shenanigans yesterday. The most globally fascinating betting story of the day yesterday. Between Tunisia and Mali. Have you been playing these games, by the way, Jeff? It's an underfest in the Africa Cup of Nations. Am I supposed to be playing these games under? You will, yes. Because, like... Every single one but one has gone under something like that. Like it's, it's like 11 games and nine goals or nine games and 11 goals, something like that. We'll get the deets from, uh, from Jason. People still say deets, by the way. I don't know how that came out of my mouth. Uh, Adam Burke still to come as well. Let's, uh, let's talk to the man from Pro Football Focus, who we love talking to so often. It's Dr. Eric Eager, everybody. How you doing, Eric? Uh, I'm doing well, Gil. Uh, I can't believe the regular season's over. I know, man. I know. But let's enjoy the moment while we have it. The anticipation for the games this weekend, six of them. I love it. Second year in a row now with six games uh, for Wild Card Weekend and then four. And then after that, it truly gets sad. When it gets to the championship week, then I sort of lose it. Uh, okay, so where do we start? Let me start with the Tennessee Titans because we had Aaron Schatz on from Football Outsiders earlier on the show. And one of the things that Aaron and I were talking about off air was he saw that you were coming on. He's like, oh, it'd be interesting to see what we have similarly, what we have different. So I said, well, maybe I'll try to figure this out if Eric has some sense of that. Tennessee, where did you end up? Like, what's your general pro football focus feeling or ranking on them? Yeah, we have uh, the Tennessee Titans with a power rating. They're eighth in the NFL. So we have them tied basically with New England, uh, 3.6 points better than the average team on a neutral field. Um, That being said, like, we have them, you know, with the second highest odds to make the Super Bowl just because uh, of of that first round bye. And, you know, some of the fragility – Uh, that's associated. The other thing with the Tennessee Titans, and I think that this is where, um, you know, uh, people misinterpret what Aaron says and what possibly other people say when they say, oh, they're the worst one seed since whatever year. Um, The Titans, before they had the injuries, were a really good team, you know, and they were beating Buffalo. They were beating Kansas City. They were doing things like that. They swept the Colts, who were a good team at the time. And obviously the injuries made them a lot worse. And you know, they're getting some of those players back. A.J. Brown's going to be fully healthy for the playoffs. Same with Julio Jones. Uh, the, the theory is Derrick Henry will be back as well. So it, it's hard. They're a hard team to pin down. But I would say, yeah, they're not like a top three or four team in the league. But they do have a top three or four team in the league chance uh, to go all the way, given the, the benefits of the one seed. 
Eric, I don't know if you know, I took a lot of a lot of incoming all years, particularly on primetime action, about me making Tennessee Titans bets to win the AFC and to win the Super Bowl because the whole theory of it was, listen, none of us know who's going to win it ultimately. But uh, the whole thing was, if they get the number one seed, this is a spectacular bet then because it all sets up. And that point about them not having to play this week cannot be overstated. Here's my real question. Plus 850 right now, for those who don't have a Tennessee Titans wager, plus 850 to win it all. Could I argue that for any number one seed maybe ever in the past and maybe moving forward that we'll never see a number like that again for a number one seed at this point? Maybe I'd have to go back and see what the Eagles were in 17 when they had foals because the Eagles were underdogs to the Falcons, the Vikings and the Patriots on the road, even though they had the one seed. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's a great number. And if you look, other shops have them below 800. So if you can get plus 850, I would take that right now. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's remarkable how how much they're being slept on. And, you know, they're you know, the theory about like sort of teams like going into the playoffs hot or not hot is basically like you should ignore all of that right and and i think that that you know the tennessee titans are going to test a lot of those theories but i'm with you i mean i think like again not not that they'll win it and and actually i think to win the afc to your point is the better bet um just because if they get into the super bowl it might be tricky yeah um but yeah for them to win two home games you know uh, at those at those prices i think you're getting a steal all right, let me ask you rapid-fire questions here, then, some, some of which I will have asked earlier, but I'm curious your response to these. Best team per pro football focus that did not make the playoffs? Oh, that's a good – I think it's the Indianapolis Colts. 3.3 uh, points better than the average team on a neutral field. Uh, they're a classic example of – there's a lot of great players on that team, but – they're they're sometimes in the wrong spots or they're missing uh, a, a key player at the correct spot, which is you know what Carson Wentz I think represents. Who is a team under the radar that people look into the futures markets for next year might not be thinking about that, but that you by your numbers have as probably better than conventional wisdom might be a sneaky good bet. I think it's the New Orleans Saints. Like, I think the New Orleans Saints will figure it out at some point. And, you know, these numbers are going to get released well before the quarterback position is, you know, resolved for them. And I think that there really isn't a situation where the Saints get worse at quarterback um, from where they ended the season. Even if they go back to Jameis Winston, Winston had really good efficiency numbers and was five and two before he got hurt. Um, you know, Sean Payton, that that's the one, you know, you know, sneaky thing there is he could follow his friend Drew Brees into the broadcast booth. But other than that, I, I think they're a strong team uh, that a lot of people are going to degrade because they're in the same division as the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah. OK, let's do these one by one. Raiders at the Bengals. Uh, Bengals by five and a half now in the first of the playoff games on Saturday. Yeah, and it even looks like this is trending towards five in some places. Um, you know, total on this game has taken a little bit of a dive. Uh, as as you find out if you looked out my window here, the weather isn't great right now in Cincinnati. The total is trending downward. Uh, the game between the Raiders and the Bengals went under indoors uh, the first time they played, and that was despite the fact uh, that there were some turnovers and stuff like that. Uh, lucky, you know, lucky to even get close. So when I look at this game, I like under 48 and a half, under 49, depending upon uh, where you can get it. Um, just because I think that the I think that you know Carr will struggle outdoors. He's he has a PFF grade of like 41.6 in games that are played beneath uh, freezing temperature. Uh, and I think the Bengals are being overrated for their two sort of flamethrower games uh, against the Ravens and the and the Chiefs. You guys keep uh, at numbers on temperature 
games for quarterbacks over and under certain temperatures. Interesting. Hmm. So the under for that one from Eric. Uh, New England at Buffalo. Buffalo by four. Yeah, I think this is one. So this is the tricky one where I think New England has been what everybody has said all week. Um, and and we did see some movement down from four and a half and open to four here. We even saw some three and a half pop up in places like DraftKings. But for the most part, there's been resistance uh, on the other side as well with Buffalo. So this is one I'm a little bit nervous about being too confident with. But I do like the Patriots in this one. I do think Buffalo's offense is a little bit overrated. And there's a number of games, whether it be the Miami game middle of the season, yet last week's game against the Jets, where it just takes them too long to get going. Um, um, and in the last meeting, when when the Bills beat the Patriots by double digits, they were basically, I believe, six of 12 on third downs, whereas New England was just one of 10. I think if, if those regress towards the median uh, for both teams, I think the game's a lot closer than the last time we saw the two teams play. Back to the Derek Carr stat for a second. What was the Derek Carr stat again, Eric? Uh, I believe it's in, in freezing temperatures, so 32 degrees or below. His PFF grade is like 41.6. Uh, I, I didn't look that up. I got it secondhand from one of uh, the other people that worked for me. It's a, uh, the California kid with a southern accent, uh, Derek Carr. Philadelphia, Tampa Bay on Sunday. Tampa Bay, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Could be a lot of wind here and rain. Yeah, and I think and I think that that hurts Tampa, right? So Tom Brady threw, you know, like when people were discussing the MVP race between Tampa, you know, between Brady and Rodgers, they were noticing that Brady had thrown something like 200 more passes than Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, the first quarterback in league history to uh, win 70% of his games while throwing the ball on 65 or more percent of the downs, right? So this is a pass first team. And I think the weather trending in the wrong direction for this game makes the Eagles uh, a decent side. Um, if you like Tampa in this game, this is the one teasable number down two and a half. You'd have to find something else to open it up with. Yeah. Um, but th- this this is an interesting uh, you know sort of game here. I think a lot of people like the Eagles, um, you know, and, and why we've seen it go from nine and a half down to nine or eight and a half. Um, but we'll, we'll see where it trends. It could just get down to seven and a half pregame. Um, you know, just that seems to be how those numbers near eight uh, sort of trend, uh, you know, before, you know, game day. Wow, we need a dance partner for that teaser leg on the Buccaneers. That's the uh, quest. Huh? I, I think I have one in a couple games. Okay, uh, we got about we got about thirty seconds for each of these. San Francisco at Dallas. Dallas favored by three. Yeah, I think this is one where you take San Francisco on the money line. The total's fifty-one. Uh, trade the points for variance. I, I think this game is a blowout in either direction. Trade the points for variance. Very, very interesting. Um, you did not say that about the Raiders which a lot of people think they're also sort of a volatile sort of outcome team, but that's interesting. Trade the points for variance on the, on the Niners. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Might this be the teaser leg dance partner? Yeah, this is not the traditional long teaser, so you, you do have to like Kansas City more uh, than, than basically a 50-50, but you can tease them through 10 and 7, which is not quite what you want with a teaser. But, you know, given the pickings are slim, it is, it is the other partner to have uh, with that Tampa Bay teaser if you want to do the GOAT Mahomes-Brady teaser. The GOAT teaser. By the way, is Rodgers your MVP, Eric? Uh, I would make it Brady, but I, I can see the case for Rodgers. I think Rodgers per play has been better than Brady, but Brady's volume uh, puts it in, in the category for me. Yeah, but Brady's betting number sure makes it attractive if that's the case. Uh, and uh, where did you have Pittsburgh ranked ultimately in your rankings? Oh, man. Uh, let me look real quick. I know we're short on time here. I have Pittsburgh ranked 15th in the NFL um, about about half a point better than the average team on a neutral field. And I think you probably just have to uh, attribute all of that to Mike Tomlin. I love that. What a, what a season he's put together for as a coaching resume season. Arizona at the Rams, standalone Monday, last game, Rams by four.
I like Arizona, but I kind of think that after five games uh, and and chasing, you know, people chasing, I'm going to wait on this one because I do think the Rams might be popular after the full the full week of five games, just because people like to chase with the favorite after uh, a full weekend of games. But I I would take Arizona or let it go there. I don't really see value right now at plus four. Uh, Stafford, interestingly, tied with Trevor Lawrence as you're leading the league in interceptions. And the one you like the best of all of those, Eric, would be. I think Buffalo, or I think New England plus four in Buffalo is is my favorite pick of the week. That seems to be a consensus. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Great seeing you, man. Thanks for having me on, Gil. Take care. You too. Eric Eager, everybody, at PFF underscore Eric on Twitter. Coming back, Adam Burke next. We'll throw in some baseball as well. Coming back, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with me, Gil Alexander, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever. You happen to get your podcast. Oh, I did a little change up on them. I was supposed to do the podcast one next segment and the betting splits one this segment. That's why I was on camera. See, Jeff, I'm figuring it out all on the fly. Figuring it out all on the fly. Sorry about that, guys, downstairs. By the way, it just occurred to me, had you, had you thought at all about why the Rams-Cardinals game ended up being the Monday night game? Have I thought about it? Yes. No, I haven't. So I think this is just thinking this through. It's the 5-4 game, right? It's the 5-4 game in the NFC. Is that correct? Yes. So I think it's the last game because they will have figured out. So they don't need that game to determine the following week's matchups, right? Because it's the 5-4. So no matter who wins the the Rams-Cardinals game, they will already know who they would be going to play. So because of that, they're able to announce the divisional round schedule by Sunday night. So they threw the 5-4 NFC game on Monday night. That's, I believe, why they ended up doing that. So your, your theory is that they're not going to make the schedule for next weekend until after the Dallas-San Francisco game. Correct. So whoever... Or after the, what's the late game on no, Sunday? No, yeah. the Kansas City game's irrelevant in this. No, no, it's not, because if no, Pittsburgh won, then it would change up everything. No, I mean from the NFC side. Yes, yes, Because yes. 
Correct. You're going to want to put whoever the Rams and Cardinals are playing against, whether that be Tampa or the Packers, you're going to want to put that game on Sunday to at least not totally mess up the winner of the Cardinal-Ram game. Yes. So I guess that theory but, makes sense. Yeah, the point is that you have to save a 5-4 game for the standalone Monday night game so that you can announce the schedule for next week as early as possible. So that's why that game ends up being point. the Monday night. But the winner of that gets a little bit skrid because they're on a short week no matter what. So that's the downside of having the Monday night primetime game, doing the 2-3-1 as opposed to the 3-3 that we did last year. Let's bring in Adam Burke, everybody. Uh, he does the greatest baseball write-ups of any human being on planet Earth. I will stand by that comment. Uh, but he knows so much more than baseball, and he's uh, we're proud to have him here at VEASAN. He's our sports betting analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripod. Is Adam Burke. How you doing, Adam? I'm good, Gil. How you doing today, man? I'm doing very well, man. So I was just in D.C., and, and they're going through this whole name change thing with the Washington football team, and they're making a big announcement February 2nd, and I'm already braced to be disappointed by this. You are a lifelong Cleveland baseball team fan. The name was changed to the to the uh, Guardians. Did you end up liking that name? How was that whole process for you? Are you still in mourning for that name? What ended up going on? No, the name's fine. I mean, there are some guardians of traffic statues that are pretty adjacent to the ballpark. So it, it kind of does fit it. It's almost like, an, I don't want to say inside joke, but kind of something that all of us in Cleveland know and everybody on the outside was like, what, what are they doing naming the team that? The thing I don't like is they had not even just months, but years to figure this thing out. They kept the same color scheme. They changed very little. The logo <laughs> basically looks almost the same. Uh, they could have gone with a complete rebrand, done something really fun, something really unique and different, uh, but they got lazy with it. So that, that's what bothers me is, you know, you're still going to have a bunch of people wearing Indian stuff to games because the color scheme is the same. So, you know, you would think they'd kind of want to phase that out and find ways to sell new merch. But uh, I don't know. I guess they weren't creative enough for that. You know what you all did right, though? You did the uh, the two-minute dramatic Tom Hanks voiced a word salad video that ended up landing on guardians. Whereas my, the football team I root for is so stupid. They're doing it on the today show nationally on February 2nd. And if I'm whoever the host is on the today show, it's incumbent upon me to ask like other questions about like, what about the sexual harassment allegations that are overcoming your team? Like you can't just keep it to the name change, which is what the team probably wants them to do, but you're on the today show. They got to ask them probing questions, man. It's going to be fascinating. Anyway, there's, there's yeah, your, absolutely. Yeah. I, I got to ask real quick before we get into to talking some football here. Have you bought your uh, FedEx field Lay's potato chips yet? Hell no. What is that? <laughs> So apparently they grew potatoes using some of the grounds from FedEx Field. Oh my God! Really? Yes, it was on Twitter yesterday. Listen, and I don't think it was. I don't know if it was a joke. I don't think it actually was. Listen, we couldn't have the Giants having all the uh, publicity from their medium, you know, soft drink promotion. We couldn't have that stand. All right, Adam. Let me just ask you a baseball question before we get to your football picks this weekend. Baseball is your bread and butter. Have you begun? even like thinking about your manifesto for this year, team by team? And have you bet anything yet? You know, it's kind of funny. I actually tweeted about this uh, yesterday or two days ago where, you know, I, I really want to start diving into baseball handicapping, but not only am I not sure there's going to be a season, and of course we'll see how today's talks go, but there are over 200 free agents still left out there in the marketplace. Yeah. And, and one of the big things for me with not only futures plays, but also season win totals is I really try to dig deep into the depth of a team 
and and see if they'll be able to withstand injuries, withstand the attrition over 162 games. So with so many players still unsigned, I, I haven't really gotten too much of a start yet, unfortunately. All right. We'll do them one by one. Bengals Raiders. And you can do like, you know, 40 seconds on each of these. Your thoughts, either side or total. You know, this Bengals Raiders game is is fascinating to me because obviously the Raiders are in a horrific spot. I mean, they've won four straight virtually must win games. They've won their last five wins have all been by four or fewer points. They've got the long travel to Cincinnati to play out in the cold cross three time zones, play the early game on Saturday. Everything about this spot is terrible for the Raiders. But I also understand some hesitance with the Bengals. I mean, they haven't won a playoff game since what, 91, 90 or 91. Um, you know, look, you've got a Bengals team that relies on yards after the catch. You've got a Raiders team that's the third best in yards per reception allowed on defense. They don't allow a lot of yards after the catch. Will the Bengals be able to protect Joe Burrow in this game? That's probably the big question. I lean Cincinnati minus five, but uh, it's a tricky game to be sure. A, a very unscientific survey of all of our numbers game and primetime action guests this week about every playoff game. I think Raiders Bengals is the one that has the most divided opinion on. I think this is the one that has the most divided opinion on. What about Patriots-Bills? Did you do anything there? Did you make a bet? The last thing I'll say about Cincinnati, I think they're the highest variance team in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They could lose this week, or I think they could win the AFC, just based on their sheer talent level. They are a very, very high variance team. As far as this New England and Buffalo game goes, Initially liked Buffalo. The weather forecast isn't really conducive to what Josh Allen has done in cold weather in the past, which is very interesting, of course, coming out of Wyoming. But I can't get out of my head, Gil, the second meeting. You know, the first game, you could probably draw a line through. It was played in a wind tunnel snow globe. There was one big running play for the Patriots. That kind of decided the outcome of that game. But Buffalo looked thoroughly dominant in the second meeting. So I do like Buffalo minus four here. I wish the weather forecast was a little bit better for what the bills and Josh Allen want to do, but I think they're pretty well equipped to stop new England's running attack. I think they can run the football a little bit themselves if they want to, but I think what Josh Allen did with his legs in the second game was really the, the turning point and the deciding factor. So I do like Buffalo minus the four here. What's your favorite of the three games on Sunday favorite bet? Well, my favorite bet here would be San Francisco and Dallas over. I, I think both of these teams move the football pretty effectively. The 49ers have been an advanced metrics darling throughout the course of the season. They've had a top 10 offense. That running game is very, very potent. And you can definitely run on Dallas, a defense that used turnovers to pretty much hide a lot of the deficiencies that they have. And I think the Cowboys can move the ball against anybody with that passing attack. Dak, it was a weak schedule, but Dak played really well at the tail end of the season in rhythm, kind of worked around some of the COVID issues and concussion issues with his wide receivers. So I like both teams to move the football on that one. Taking the points with Pittsburgh or staying as far away from that as possible. I would lay it with Kansas city, if really? anything. And, and wow. I think, I think there's some equity in, in kind of teasing Kansas city down to minus six and a half where they could very well win this game by seven, eight, 10, something like that. If they're up big in the first half and then kind of put it in cruise control in the second half, which is something that favorites and teams looking to advance will do if they have the game well in hand. I just think Pittsburgh's terrible. I mean, you look at their metrics, you look at their statistical profile, they're more like a seven win team. And here they are in the playoffs. I think Kansas city, if they want to, if they're motivated to, I think they can blow Pittsburgh out for sure. I've commissioned a study on how that football got to Ray Ray McLeod on that fourth down in the overtime period this past week. I'll get you the results, uh, the scientific results coming up later this week. Anything Rams, Cardinals, and then also Philly Tampa, I guess we didn't touch on early Sunday. 
Yeah, I mean, for this Rams-Cardinals game, I, I think this is a situation where, you know, if, if the Rams were on the road, I'd take them plus the points. If Arizona's on the road, I'd take them plus the points. I think these two teams are virtually equals. You look at the two regular season results, both games played out in a fairly similar fashion. Both teams were close in the yards per play department. The one big difference is that in the Rams win, it was Arizona turnovers. In the Cardinals win, it was Rams turnovers. So this game probably does come down to some sort of inopportune turnover, but I would have to take the team getting the points here, and that's Arizona. The only thing on Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, seeing a few 46 and a halfs out there, the weather forecast looks quite bad for this game. Wind, rain, I think that's something that definitely benefits the under. Yeah, that could be the inclement weather game for sure. Adam, always appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, guys. Take care. Adam Burke at Skating Tripods. Can't wait for those baseball previews, too, at Point Spread Weekly. Jason Weingarten next. The fiasco that was the Africa Cup of Nations yesterday and the bet to make this morning on it next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Prior to making your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. It's a new feature that gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under it against the spread bets. Betting splits yet another way. Too many to count, too many to list. That VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we haven't had enough Jeff Parlay on this program today, so we bring in Jeff Parlay. There has been an NBA trade, sir. Yes, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, this is from Woj, by the way. Atlanta Hawks are trading Cam Reddish to the New York Knicks uh, that for a deal that includes a protected 2022 first-round pick via Charlotte. The Knicks also acquire Solomon Hill, who somehow is still playing professional mm. basketball, 2020, and a 2025 second-round pick in the deal. Kevin Knox is going the other way to Atlanta. So based off of this, it isn't entirely clear, but it looks like a 2022 first-round pick that is protected from the Hornets goes to Atlanta with Knox, Reddish, Hill, and a second-round pick go to the Knicks. So Cam Reddish gets reunited with his college teammate R.J. Barrett who dropped consecutive 30-point-plus games for the Knicks. Now all they have to do is trade for Zion, and then it's basically the Duke Blue Devils plus Julius. By the way, has Randall gotten over his little, uh, you know, issue last week? or he was What, is it his, uh, his homage to the 2021 New York Mets? That's, that's right. He's okay now? He's doing better? He's doing all right. Cam Reddish, I guess a nice piece, I guess. We'll see. Knicks, of course, the fourth seed in the uh, Eastern Conference last year. We'll see if they can uh, get back to the to that level this year. Let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen, from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California. Two days in a row. Uh, I could have him on five days in a row. I'd be entertained. It's Jason Weigarden at Spreadopedia on Twitter. How you doing, Jason? Good morning. I'm doing, doing pretty good. Uh, let's start with, we'll get to football again because there's some other football questions I wanted to ask you. But let's start with the Africa Cup of Nations, which is a, uh, a soccer tournament that uh, happens every time this year, and many of the many of my friends who bet soccer love love this tournament because it is an underfest. That has been the case again this year. Yes, ten ten straight unders to start the tournament. Although the game currently right now it's Ethiopia versus uh, Cameroon. It's got two goals in the twenty sixth minute or twenty wow. eighth minute. 
But since you had me on, you said, let's start with it. I did just live bet under three and a half goals at plus 111. I see it's like plus 101 still. So you might get a chance uh, if you want to live bet some soccer right now under three and a half. Let's let's see these guys get four goals. <laughs> if you can get four goals, you prove me wrong. Tip of the cap to you. By the way, can I just ask this about Africa Cup of Nations? Because this just occurs to me. We're betting on it. So, like, we enjoy it because we're trying to win money and then we do win money. But, like, would you ever pay to go see any of these? Like, you're watching a kick, like them kicking a ball around a pitch for, like, a goal for 90 minutes. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I think... You can find in, you could find worthwhile sporting events to attend. Um, I talked about this on my podcast actually. Charlie Pierce, the uh, the writer, has this concept of of the big game. You know, not necessarily the championship game or the Super Bowl, but you know, you can always find, especially in these these sort of nation nation cup things, two countries that don't like each other. Yeah. You know, you could find a big game. It just you got to look for it. But there's a uh, you know, Dominican baseball, Mexican winter league. There's all sorts of fun venues to go and check out. I would definitely check out this tournament if I could. They're not, uh, they're not throwing me a live line for Cameroon, Ethiopia, by the way. So nothing. No, I'm getting under three and a half plus one Oh three. It looks like on my other screen. Hmm. I'm seeing uh, seeing minus 105 on that right now. Yeah. Well, the yeah, thing about, about the same. Think about Cameroon, Ethiopia. This is going to be. I'm I'm going to dispense all of my African nation soccer knowledge here in the next five seconds. So get ready, everybody. But Cameroon is they're always way better than Ethiopia, right? So this is not like an evenly matched kind of game on paper. I believe Cameroon was was a, a large favorite, but yes. I don't don't quote me on that. My my knowledge of Africa is extensive. My knowledge of African soccer is not. Oh, really? Well, that's fascinating. Yes. What what nation are you the most knowledgeable about, just geographically, or or just politically or culturally? I mean, just in general, my my degree was in colonial historical studies, so a lot of focus on Africa and the Middle East. Uh, I, I mean, I could talk about all sorts of stuff, but yeah, no, I know you can wrong, wrong show for that. Oh, don't you say that? Oh, it's always the right show. So well, let me ask you this. This is there, by the way, they just pulled it down for me too. So, or maybe it posted and I didn't see, cause I, they did throw me up for a second. Yes, I got in there. So I'm at minus three and a half also. So the next game though, this is the prototypical, if I'm not mistaken, kind of Africa cup of nations game takes place. What is it? Are we still a few hours away from this one? Whatever this yeah, I think one, eleven o'clock. Yeah, whatever this one is over. So eleven o'clock Eastern, uh, two p.m. Pacific. This this one uh, between. I'm not curious what you know about these. Uh, Cape Verde, of course, right? Very familiar. And then Burkina Faso. Uh, this is see now they've adjusted these totals a bit, right? Because I'm seeing one and a half and two. Yeah, and you're gonna you'll you'll you also have to to be careful to make sure. You you know if you're betting the Asian handicap if you see yes. a one and, and three quarters or you know um, you will see Asian handicaps and they they have been adjusted down obviously at this point it's not a secret it's not right you know we're we're a little late to the party here ten games in unfortunately one and three quarters would mean that if the two goals are scored you would lose half your stake basically yes okay so. Um, yeah, we, we are certainly late to the party because obviously there's 11 games already in pocket having gone under on this. Please explain, please begin though, because I was saying this earlier, I was like the biggest global betting story or maybe sports story yesterday was the shenanigans 
of this Mali Tunisia match yesterday, which Mali won one nil, but it wasn't without mega controversy. What happened? The ref blew the whistle in the 85th minute. Like the game was over five minutes before the game was over. And I, I think the, the most logical explanation to what, what actually happened and what was going through his head is they had taken a water break, you know, I, I guess, cause it's, it's pretty hot where they're playing players get tired. They got to stop to, to, to hydrate. So I'm guessing he probably didn't factor in the water break when he blew the whistle initially is my guess. But AFCOM is notoriously crooked and it's, it, it's not, you know, to say anything about them versus, you know, European soccer or Central American soccer or anywhere else in the world. It's just a matter of fact that when your players and when your officials are not getting paid a lot of money, they're more susceptible to fixes and bribes. If you looked at the, there, there was a cricket scandal in South Africa with Hansi Crotier. They did a, 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 a documentary on it on Netflix. It was the same thing. It was just because they weren't making a lot of money. They were susceptible to fixes and bribes. The same thing goes on here. You know, it's, you, you, you know, I, I always like to point out when you're betting on small stuff like this, if you're betting a thousand bucks on this under, you have more at stake, you know, financially in this game than a lot of the players, you know, playing the game do. It does not take a lot of money for you to have more money on these games than the players themselves are making. So it's just incredibly easy for corrupt elements of these game uh, of, of, you know, to, just to, to find their way into the game. And there could even be multiple fixes going on, you know, competing fix going against uh, somebody who thinks they know what they're doing here. So um, it was just very, very fishy, especially knowing that the the referee who uh, was, was, you know, refing the game had been suspended in 2018 before for <laughs> suspected collusion. So, Oh no. So it said they stopped. He, he whistled it the game at the in the 85th minute. And this was, and then, you know, so the Tunisia coach is doing the international symbol for what the heck is going on with the, with the hand. And they walked off and they walked, they walked off, went well, to no. the locker room. Well, not the first time, right? Didn't they complain? The second time. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, so then they did a whole VAR thing happening, uh, you know, and that obviously you're going to have to put extra time on. There were also seven substitutions or something, you know, it's, it was ridiculous. They should have had extra time. And then right after they come back from the review, the 89th minute, he stops the game again. It's like, it's over. And then the Tunisia coach and the team just loses their mind, but that's when they walk off. And, and then, then they walked and then they, they came back and finished it, which delayed the next game, you know, a little bit, but right, 30 minutes later, they're like, Hey, you got to play another three minutes, which seemed like still way too few minutes that you know that should have been added on because it should have been like seven or eight minutes at least added on. So it's only three, and so the whole thing, yeah, it's all shenanigans. There you go. I had a I had a friend. I have a a, a friend who's a soccer player who was telling me um, more about some of these fixes in in Afcom stuff, and he was telling me that there was there was a team that had a a guy from Singapore sitting on the bench with the team, telling the coach what players to put in, what substitutions to make. Um, the, the extent of, of gambling corruption, when you get to smaller markets, you just wouldn't believe it. Like the, the things you can do are just, it, it, if you can imagine it, you can do it. It's, it's really, uh, it's amazing what you can, uh, what you can get away with. <laughs> In one breath, you're like, the corruption is unbelievable. And the other, and the other one, you're like, I got the under three and a half here going on this still one-to-one, by the way, between Cameroon and Ethiopia. Yeah, thir- 33rd minute, it looks like. Yeah. By the way, massive limits on the uh, if you're trying to bet the total on the Burkina Faso game after this, really limited. I'm noticing pre-flop on this. What is what is the limit? What do you got? 
250. Oh, yeah, I'd probably get 500 on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, if you if you sprinkle it around, yes, you probably get to 500. So I'm saying 250 in one spot anyway. Maybe 500 tops at one spot. Uh, okay. NFL, Jason Weingarten. Hang around, Jason, if you would. Coming back, a numbers game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet, plus, you'll earn M Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if three-pointers made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. We get tweets at BD the book. Um... We got tweets this morning from Joe Abraham. Joe, I hope uh, I hope you don't mind me uh, me bringing you up. University of Toledo's head softball coach, uh, Joe, talking. He he sent the analytics tweet earlier uh, in the day when he uh, he wrote that uh, you know every coach and, a- and athlete uses analytics to some degree, but he said the better coaches and athletes know how to use them more than just at a surface level. Absolutely. Uh, he goes on to say, Anthony Lynn and Vic Fangio are no longer charged with making these decisions. That alone uh, gets us halfway there. And then my favorite one of all of them where he says, uh, maybe I can get our team and tons of girls softball players listening to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. I'm picturing a player coming up to me at practice. Can you believe Jessica took a teaser through zero? She's giving her money to the book. So there we go. We appreciate it. All the feedback. That would be my dream, sir, to have one of your players actually say that to you with that kind of conviction. Uh, okay, Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke. By the way, the host, where you can get these kind of insights on global betting situations or angles on the wide world of Weingarten. How often do you put out episodes, Jason? Just about every day. Just almost. about every day. What, about 10, 15 minutes every day or however long it takes? You know, some of them have been running as long as uh, 40 to 60 minutes, although wow. I try not to make them that long because I know that Nobody wants to listen to them that long. Although I do recommend 2X Speed, too. Oh, Mark Meltzer, my friend Meltzer likes Seltzer. He tells me all the time, he goes, Gil, the key to listening to uh, Beating the Book podcast all these years is 1.5 or 2X, baby. 
That's the way you do it. 1.5x or 2x. Um, that's the way you get through these, which is the efficient way of listening to many, many podcasts. Uh, if per- you have to listen to a lot of week, you got to do. You got to do. You, you got to. Got to do it. You have to. But do that. sometimes, like you know, if I want to hear the guest, I I do one x listen to it <laughs> you so you put you put the host on at 2x and then when you get to the guest you're like let me slow this down and let it marry no i mean yeah. so like like you do you want an example yes, you want please. like an example what please. i one x and 2x please so like spanky had Al- alan boston on this week mm-hmm. that's a one x gotta listen to gotta it. listen to every moment of it but like uh jeff and rufus's podcast bet bet the process i consider that like professional development you gotta listen to it but two X, you gotta gotta you know breeze through it quick. I don't have I don't have an hour and a half for for that whole thing. I need I need to be in in and out in thirty nine minutes. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment. I don't know. Jeff and Rufus two X, Alan Boston one X. I get it. By the way, Spanky uh, texted me about his interview with Alan Boston. I too uh, right before the pandemic, so the week where it all shut down, um, you know that that fateful week of March of twenty twenty. Parlay, you were out of here on a Friday. And the next day, I came in Saturday, and I flew to San Francisco that night. Didn't come back for three months. This is March, I guess, 14th of 2020. But Alan Boston came in here in the studio on a Saturday. It was just me and him. And we did an hour-and-a-half podcast. And Spanky and I were talking. We're comparing notes on it. And it's still up there on the Beating the Book feed. It is 90 minutes. Alan spoke for probably 88-and-a-half of those minutes. So, but it is just riveting and one of the uh, one of the legends in the game, as we say. So, I would recommend anybody uh, to go back on the feed and listen to that. Spanky did a great job with it too. Um, okay, we talked a little bit about the NFL with you yesterday. I want to get your first of all for those who missed it. Your favorite plays this weekend are Steelers. Steelers, Steelers plus twelve and a half. I've even seen some thirteens pop in. I do not understand what's going on. I got the thirteen and immediately. I, I'm with you. Just, I mean, I don't think they're any good, but I'll take those points. Give them to me. Because I, I just think those players on defense, Chrissy Andrews, lifelong Steelers fan, again, he says all the time, they've got athletes. You know, TJ. I, I, to- I totally agree. And TJ Watt wasn't, wasn't 100% in their last game when they got blown out. Yeah. They lost five, they had five fumbles in that game. You know, are they going to fumble the ball five times again this time? I don't think so. Give me, give me 13 points. Easy. I took the 13 as well. Okay. And we talked then about coach of the year. We had our thoughts yesterday. I don't want to repeat those because you believe it should be Taylor of Rabel. I believe it should be Taylor of Rabel. For me, I'd vote for Rabel. We both are, you know, very prepared that it's going to be LaFleur. Let me ask you ultimately then MVP. It's Rogers, right? Not Brady. Got to be Rogers. I, I, I think when you break down uh, Brady's numbers and I don't think the voters will necessarily do this, but I saw a lot of garbage time volume out of Brady this year. He was in games late where, you know, the, the score of the game was already decided and he threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter multiple times. Doesn't mean he's not a great quarterback, but those numbers should sort of be taken in context. Aaron Rodgers had four interceptions the entire season, you know, 33 touchdowns, whatever, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. What, what possibly could he have done? You know, you're just looking for excuses not to give it to him I at agree. this point. And that's coming from me who would love to see Cooper Cup or somebody else win it. You know, just there's there's no there's no way not to give Rodgers the MVP unless you're trying to find reasons not to give it to yeah. him. By the way, the only thing that's still up in some places is MVP. All of these get announced February 10th, two days before the Super Bowl itself, which is I, I joked yesterday. If this was baseball, we'd have to wait till July to figure out all of these. But I'm just—I I don't understand why why it's still up. By the way, because I'm—I don't either. In, in baseball, they vote, and it does—you know—they take it down 
there, there should be some rules against leaving it up after they vote or something. I don't know. It's just weird. Un- unless that's the only one that doesn't have the votes already in, you know, where they think there could be shenanigans that someone knows the results. I mean, I don't, I, I'm the same way. I'm, w- I'm with you. It's like, if they're not, they should either all be up or none be, none of them should be up at this point. I've, I've also been looking into more the, the actual process of the associated press voting for both, uh, the MVP and for all pro stuff, just because I find it interesting. And for example, I found this week that the city of Detroit, none of their newspapers have a vote for all pro. And that's interesting because if mm. you're an agent, you know, uh, negotiated a contract for a Detroit player and you have a all pro bonus, you get half a million dollars for being an all pro. You're never going to get it because they're never, no one's ever going to vote for you. Calvin Johnson even didn't make the all pro one year because they didn't have a vote or whatever. Someone overlooked him. So th- these things matter. They don't necessarily matter to, you know, the, the, the average person, but it matters to a player who's right. not going to get a bonus or who's going to get a, a lower contract offer because he wasn't an all pro or wasn't a, a whatever. Um, so I'm trying to, to, to learn more about the entire process of the voting so I can figure out the different angles. But uh, that was one random thing I noticed this week that yeah. was weird. And again, I always say it is that there's 900 plus people who get a Heisman vote. There's only 50 who get an NFL MVP vote. By the way, Aaron Schatz, our earlier guest, being one of them um, on this show earlier today. Uh, okay, and then in the end, obviously you can't bet on these anymore, but you think Cooper Cup is going to be the AP Offensive Player of the Year? Gotta be. I mean, Taylor... Taylor with that, the two losses down the stretch for the Colts, yeah. you know, he didn't see him take over either one of those games. Really Cooper cup was the best player on the field whenever he was on the field, essentially for the, for the Rams. So I, I don't know how he's not offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. Obviously Michael Parsons is going to get the defensive rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year for those who have Micah Parsons tickets and who are hopeful, you would say to them what at this point? Kind of like a Fernando Tatis MVP ticket at big money. You got the the big number on the right guy and you got it a year too early next year. He's going to be like four to one, five to one. You're not going to ever get that value again with him, but he's, he's a perennial uh, contender for this award. It seems if he's healthy, but he's not going to win it this year. I, I, I think TJ Watt is going to win it after just barely not winning it last year. Although, Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL, the best defensive player. He's he deserves the award. He won't get it because the he deserves twenty one and a half sacks. Yeah, twenty two and a half. He does. T.J. Watt tying Michael Strahan. Though we had one more game, obviously he missed some action too. But yeah, I agree with you completely. Aaron Donald could get the award every year, uh, no question about that. By the way, too soon on the uh, Tatis reference. I'm still mourning our Juan Soto ticket. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, and then finally, uh, Rookie of the Year. Your instinct. Uh, in terms of offensive rookie of the year, would be what in the end? Would it be Mac Jones or will it be Jamar Chase? I mean, this looked like it was Jones going away, and then Chase put together the masterpiece against the Chiefs. Now what do you think happens? This is one of those situations I describe, you know, only if, you know, if if Shohei Otani didn't exist, Vlad would have been the MVP any other year, Mac Jones is a runaway MVP or sorry, uh, rookie of the year, but Jamar chase exists and you just can't deny those numbers. These were borderline all pro numbers for a rookie receiver who sat out his previous college season. Just, 
he did enough. That's he's the winner, Jamar Chase. He played that beautifully, and then Joe Burrow stumped for him. You know, it was like, oh, what about your knees, Joe Burrow? And the team, and he was like, no, draft my guy, Jamar Chase. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Mac Jones ticket holders braced for the worst. Jason, appreciate it, man. Thank you as always. Thank hey. you. Say goodbye, buddy. What's your dog's name? Ben. Ben. <laughs> Take care, Jason. Ben, he says. Lombardi line is next. Enjoy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.